0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And this is the basis for today's message. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures And said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer, and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple, blessing God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
1: Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Text for this morning, the gospel lesson that Vicar has read to us just a few moments ago. Well, for seven weeks of Easter, we have been hammering away at the truth that believing is seeing. That faith in Jesus, which comes by hearing the words of this sermon or the testimony of a friend, or the lyrics of a song, when you finally hear the word. Jesus lived, Jesus died, Jesus rose again. And not just generically for all people everywhere, for all time, which is true, but specifically, personally, face-to-face, really and truly for you, Your eyes will be opened and you will see life, be it richly rewarding at this particular moment in time or broken and hanging in tatters. You will see life like you've never experienced it before. Now, in Luke's account of Jesus' resurrection, the opening events of our reading for today follow immediately on the heels of Jesus appearing to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus on Easter Sunday. And those two had exclaimed, did not our hearts burn within us as he opened our minds to the Scripture? Now, what Jesus did for those two, he now does for all of the disciples and he seeks to do with each of you again today. So, how does this opening of the mind happen? Has it happened to you? Will it happen a little more in this worship? Look, interestingly, it wasn't the snap of a finger where the disciples suddenly smacked their foreheads and said, Wow, I could have had a V8. <laughs> Jesus spent 40 days with them before he ascended. And the account of the ascension that we just read from Acts chapter 1, written by the same author, that is, by Luke, records that the disciples' final question to Jesus before he ascended into heaven, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And what they most certainly had in mind was a glory and a power kingdom. Now, you know what that is. That's Jesus sitting on his throne in power, judging the nation, issuing laws, and enforcing those laws to forbid and to constrain and to punish all those people who reject the moral standards that we all believe and know are right. But that's not the way this kingdom of God, this world put right, comes No, the pattern is not power and glory. The pattern is suffering, death, resurrection, followed by proclamation of repentance and forgiveness of sins. That is witnessing to the nations the power of new life in Christ. Now, the opening of your minds... To understand this message more and more, to understand this message of the Scripture is what our worship week after week is all about. Look, worship is not primarily a time for you to come so you can show God that you're really serious about Him. Worship is a time where God promises to come and to meet you and to open your mind to, to the message of his suffering, his death, his resurrection, and our proclamation to all of the nations. And it turns out that it's more than me trying as hard as I can sometimes succeeding sometimes failing to capture and hold your attention for 15 or maybe 20 minutes no look the whole order of worship is designed to open your mind so that you can understand the plan of God we begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit longing for the mystic sweet communion that Pastor Sam preached brilliantly about last week. That face-to-face presence of our God that can alone satisfy the deepest longings of our hearts. And then we proclaim it. We proclaim repentance and forgiveness, confessing and hearing the very words of Jesus, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then we hear the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms and the Old Testament. And now we can add to that the epistles, the letters of the New Testament and the gospel account of the life and work of Jesus. And then we attempt to teach and to make clear in the context of our moment in time through the words of the sermon. Then comes the prayer, then comes the miracle of the real presence of Jesus in, with, and under the bread and wine where we shall thank the Lord and sing His praise, tell everyone what He has done. And we have music interspersed To somehow get past our brains and into our hearts to awaken them to the power of life in Christ. That's what's supposed to happen. Week after week. And then it continues as you... Go out from here and you read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest the Word of God through your daily readings where God talks to you about your life and you respond to Him in your prayers. What happens here is supposed to continue throughout the week as you remember your baptism daily and you have conversations about your faith with other followers of Jesus. So has your mind been opened to understand the message of the Scripture? Suffering, death, resurrection, and proclamation to all nations. Or are you blindly going through the religious motions with some vague sense of duty or for no other reason than it's just the way that you were raised? The measure of a mind opened it to the scripture, is the witness, is the testimony that your life gives minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day. Now there is something extremely frightening in this little word witness that you need to know about. Because in the original Greek language of the New Testament, the word witness is the word martyr. The pattern of life for those whose minds have been opened is not power and glory, but suffering and death and resurrection. Now, I need you to listen carefully to this next part because there is a spiritual suffering, death, and resurrection that we are to live every day. And there is, in fact, a physical suffering, death, and resurrection that we will all face unless Jesus comes again before that. Sin is... That is, not living within the design for which God created me, spelled out rather nicely in the Ten Commandments, that is, the law of Moses, and summarized neatly by Jesus. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, to which Jesus then goes on to add, love one another as I have loved you. Sin is is the failure to do so. And it always produces suffering in your life and in the lives of others. This sin leads to death. And death is the only way out of sin. But Jesus has provided us a way to die to sin right now while we're still alive we admit we confess that we are helpless to free ourselves from this sinful condition and we believe that Jesus died in our place and by that believing it is as if we have already died Look, the unmatchable miracle of Jesus' death is that he was more than just a martyr who who died for what he believed in. Jesus died and then he rose again from the dead. And in your baptism and every time that you remember your baptism, you are supernaturally united with Jesus where you die to your sin and you are resurrected with him to live a new life. Starting right now. To be a witness, to be a martyr to that pattern, which is God's plan revealed in the whole scripture, is to live more and more consistently today than you did yesterday. To live more and more consistently today a life of freedom. Free from fear. Free from hatred. Free from loss and rejection. Free from fear of the collapse of our economy. Free from the fear of death from disease. Or from random violence. Even free... From the fear of persecution and attentional violence because of your faith in Jesus. (laughs) To be a witness, to be a martyr to this pattern of the scripture of suffering, death, resurrection, and proclamation is living more and more consistently today than you did yesterday. A life of joy. And I'll come back to that in a minute. To be a witness, to be a martyr to the pattern of the plan of God is living more and more consistently today than you did yesterday, a life of sacrifice, sacrificing your time and your unique talents and your money for the proclamation that the kingdom of God has come, that is the world put right, right now is here by faith in Jesus, and then forever when he comes again. To be a witness, a martyr to the message of Scripture is living more and more consistently today than you did yesterday, a life of renewal where you forget what is behind Forget your failures. Forget the wrong that you have done. It's been forgiven. Forget the wrong that's been done to you. It will only make you bitter and now strain forward to take hold of the resurrected life that is yours right now. Are you a witness? Are you a martyr to the pattern of salvation? Suffering because of your sin, dying daily to Jesus, with Jesus to your sin, resurrected to a new life continuously. Does it even sound vaguely interesting? Does it sound thrilling, exciting, intriguing, mysterious? Does it sound like what's missing in this broken mess of a world? I had a couple of conversations recently wrestling with that question. What's wrong with our society? What's wrong with our country? And it makes me think of G.K. Chesterton's response every time I hear it when he was asked to write an essay on what's wrong with the world he wrote for the London Times a two-word response. I am. (laughs) Look, I long for every fiber of my being, for every fiber of your being to pulsate with the real presence of Jesus Christ. So that the look in your eyes and the tone of your voice and the motivation of your heart is for a fellow human being, a family member, a friend, a complete stranger to believe and to see what you have believed and seen again today. How do I get that? Well, it's here in our text. Jesus ascended into the glory presence of the Father and the Holy Spirit and is even now seated at the right hand of God ruling and reigning over all history to make it so. And to make it An ever-emerging reality in your life and in mine? He clothes us with power from on high, namely the Holy Spirit, whose coming we will celebrate next week as Pentecost. Is it happening in your life? Here's three little tests that I ran across this week that you might use to check yourself first is newness there will always be a newness a freshness little surprises that you hadn't expected the same section of scripture that you have heard or read a hundred times suddenly lights up and it pierces your thoughts For me, recently, that has been the words of hymns that I have sung a thousand times perhaps. Last week, it was the phrase mystic sweet communion with God, with one another, with those who have already gone to heaven in the hymn The Church Is One Foundation that sparked a longing in me to know it more and more. This week... It was a verse from Go to Dark Gethsemane that popped into my head as I was studying and preparing this service. Mark the miracle of time. God's own sacrifice complete. It is finished. Hear him cry. Learn from Jesus Christ to die. Second. It is an engagement of your whole person. Your mind, your will, your emotions. Now you can see it in this verse, and I said I'd come back to it. They worshiped Jesus and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Do you notice? No more hiding behind locked doors. Now they are in the temple continuously. Now I am not a highly emotional person. Unless, of course, the emotion is anger and then I can get all worked up. And I have always been warned to beware of too much emotion because they can, they can fool you. Nevertheless, I do find myself wishing that we could all do the hokey pokey a little bit more. Put your whole self in and shake it all about. Are you putting your whole self in and finally be patient because it is always gradual it is an unfolding it is cumulative you will keep on adding a bit here and a bit there in our epistle Paul wrote having the eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which you have been called expect surprises put your whole self in be patiently persistent someone sent me the serenity prayer this week you know these words god grant me the serenity to accept the things i cannot change courage to change the things i can and wisdom to know the difference i expect most people have heard that before but that prayer goes on it usually doesn't fit on the posters or in the greeting cards It says living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right. When I surrender to his will, I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever and ever in the next. Amen. Now the peace that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in this true faith, the life everlasting. Amen.